Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good afternoon. Welcome to Talk 1370's Ask the Experts, the show all about your health, your life, your home, and so much more with our rotating cast of experts don't forget, you can catch up with past episodes anytime, anywhere. Talk1370.com slash experts. Also on the free Odyssey app. Find that in your phone's app store. Download it. Click on Talk1370. Click on Ask the Experts, and you can catch up with those podcasts anywhere you are. Joining us again today, we're going to talk a few more bankruptcy issues with attorney Amy Wilburn from the Lincoln Goldfinch Law Firm. Amy, welcome back to Ask the Experts. Hi, Casey. Thank you. Today, we're going to talk about Chapter 7 bankruptcy specifically. But before we get into that, Amy, how many chapters are there in bankruptcy? There are six actual chapters and one imaginary chapter. Um, there's seven, nine for municipalities, cities. There's 11, 12 for family farmers and fishermen, 13, 15. And then the imaginary one is a chapter 20 that's when people file a chapter seven and then immediately turn around and file a chapter 13. And so a seven plus a 13 makes a 20. Aha. All right. Let's, let's get on to our topic for today. Chapter seven bankruptcy. What is it? What's the difference in a chapter seven bankruptcy? A chapter seven bankruptcy is a consumer bankruptcy. It's a form of relief for people who need to get out from under debts like medical debt, credit card debt, what we're going to be talking about today is all very, very broad. So any information, there's always exceptions. Most people, if they're going to file a bankruptcy, they're going to file either a 7 or a 13. But sometimes, of course, they can file an 11 or if they're a family farmer, they can file a 12. And is it the same in every state or do different states have any unique provisions as far as a Chapter 7 bankruptcy? It's a really interesting question because bankruptcy falls under federal law. So you would think that it's exactly the same all across the country. The major difference state to state has to do with exemptions. And exemptions are the parts of the law that protect people's property. There's homestead exemptions, there's motor vehicle exemptions, and each state gets the choice of whether they want to force everybody filing bankruptcy to use just the state exemptions, or if you have a choice of using the federal exemption slate or the state exemption slate. So to give you an example, in Texas and several other states, you get to choose one or the other. You can either choose Texas 
or you can choose federal. Texas has a very, very broad um, homestead exemption and the federal homestead is much lower. So sometimes it's better for people to choose uh, the state rather than federal. However, in other states like in Ohio, you can only use the state exemptions. That's the big difference state to state. But also uh, bankruptcies are filed in federal court and federal courts have districts. So in the Western District of Texas, the big differences have to do with just the administration, uh, which forms are required or what is the timing or what is the procedure. Other than that, it's pretty much the same from state to state apart from that exemption issue. Is Chapter 7 an option for business debt? If I, if I need, run into a situation where I need to file bankruptcy on business debt, is Chapter 7 an option for me? It absolutely is an option, and it's a very good option for people who don't need to reorganize their business debt to stay in business, but if they're shutting down. Um, I represented a client. She and her business partner had a brewery. This is um, not in Texas. They had a brewery that they were operating, and then they had a falling out, and neither one of the partners could really keep that brewery alive, so they needed to just dissolve the company and um, there were some significant debts against the business. And so um, they filed a Chapter 7 and got rid of the business debt. Now, a business that is filing a Chapter 7 usually is going to have a more likelihood of having a liquidation of assets. So in this case, the brewery that I was telling you about, the trustee who was assigned to the case, we'll talk about that in a little bit, came in and did an assessment of the different business assets, the tables and chairs, the, um, the, the parts of the oven, you know, because they served food as well, all the parts of the kitchen. And then they sold them and distributed that money to, to their creditors. So that's a long version of saying um, a Chapter 7 for a business is a really good idea when people want to get out from under any personal liability of their business debt. Does my income level have any impact on whether I could file a Chapter 7 or, for that matter, any kind of bankruptcy? Well, it doesn't. Only in Chapter 7 does it really make you, is there a qualification for your income level? If you're alive and breathing and you have no income, you can definitely file a bankruptcy. There will be other considerations. For example, if you don't have any income but you want to do a reorganization, then you might not have enough income to sustain a plan of reorganization. You can't make your monthly payment. So then there are some other options. But in a Chapter 7, you do have to qualify for a Chapter 7 by being under the median income for a family your size in your state. So if you're a single person in the state of Texas, you would qualify for a Chapter 7 if you make under $52,308. And then that number increases for a family of two and a family of three and a family of seven and a family of 10. So um, as long as you're under that number, and again, there's there are some exceptions that have to come up sometimes. But in general, yes, your income does affect whether you qualify for a Chapter 7 you don't qualify for a chapter seven, there might be some other options that are available to you. Here's another question for you, Amy, dealing with chapter seven. If I have money in my bank account, should I withdraw it all before I file for bankruptcy? That is one of those questions that somebody should 100% talk about with their attorney. 
When you withdraw money from your bank account, it doesn't mean that the money has disappeared. Now it's not sitting in your bank account, but it's under your mattress or it's in your wallet and you still have to report it as income. So depending on other things going on in your case, especially what kind of exemption slate are you going to choose the federal or the state because the cash exemptions are different for each of those. Talk about that with your attorney. Um, it may not be an issue at all, but it also might be an issue that you need to plan ahead for um, with the advice of your counsel. You might need to do some advanced planning ahead of your bankruptcy. Amy, another question that's popped into our list here. Uh, let's talk about retirement funds. Will I lose those if I file a Chapter 7 bankruptcy? That is a great question, and I love giving this news. Um, not if you're if your retirement funds are in a qualified account like a 401k or an IRA, then the bankruptcy exemptions protect those 100%, whether it's state or federal. And, and that's because Congress or your state legislature has a vested interest in people being able to retire one day. We don't want to see people being homeless. We, it's actually just in a very cold and frank way of putting it. It's a burden on society. We don't want to see people needing to use more state resources because they filed bankruptcy. So that's why we have exemptions so that you can keep your house, you can keep your car, you can keep going to school, you can keep going to work. And the same holds true for your retirement funds. We want people to be able to retire after years of hard work. So if your funds are in a qualified retirement account or a pension, the state retirement system, then it's completely exempt in the state of Texas and federally. Time for a break here on Ask the Experts. Our guest, Attorney Amy Wilburn with the Lincoln Goldfinch Law Firm. We're talking Chapter 7 bankruptcies specifically today. But if you've got a situation where you're running into debts, that those overwhelming phone calls are calling you, harassing you, you're drowning in debt, whether it's your fault or not, 737-377-2600. Amy and her team ready to find the right situation, the right solution to help your situation. LincolnGoldfinch.com, a lot of good resources up there on the web as well. LincolnGoldfinch.com. And again, that phone number, 737-377-2600. We'll step aside for a couple of minutes. Come right back here on Ask the Experts with the Lincoln Goldfinch Law Firm here on Talk 1370. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back to Ask the Experts, the show all about your health, your life, your home, and so much more with our rotating cast of experts. Our guest today, bankruptcy attorney Amy Wilburn with the Lincoln Goldfinch Law Firm, 737-377-2600, the phone number. Amy and her team ready, standing by to help you with your particular situation. There's a lot of different solutions out there. They want to find the right one for you. Maybe it's bankruptcy. Maybe it's something else. 737-377-2600, lincolngoldfinch.com. A lot of good resources online as well. Amy, we talked a little bit about income qualifications for Chapter 7. Are there any other eligibility requirements or or situations where someone may not be eligible to file a Chapter 7 bankruptcy? Yeah, if you don't have a Social Security number or a taxpayer identification number, you can't file for bankruptcy. So while you don't have to be a citizen, you do need to have a social security or a taxpayer ID number. You have to have that. You have to have filed all required tax returns. There are some circumstances where you're not required to file, but you do have to have filed everything that you were required to file. Um, and you wanna make sure you have that done before you file your bankruptcy. And that's true for all bankruptcies. That's not just a Chapter 7. Amy, you mentioned uh, the concept of a trustee earlier. Talk about what a bankruptcy trustee is in a Chapter 7 filing. In reality, a debtor in bankruptcy is really going to have more interaction with a trustee than with a judge. Um, many, many, many debtors never come across a judge in their case. A bankruptcy trustee in all cases is somebody who's assigned to a case to administer, the, the official term is to administer the estate, the bankruptcy estate. A trustee is part of the Department of Justice trustee program, and their job is to make sure that all the rules are being followed. Have they reviewed the most recent tax returns? Have all the appropriate schedules been filed with the court? The trustee will also conduct the meeting of creditors, um, which is the one hearing that a Chapter 7 debtor will need to attend. And if necessary, they look for assets that might be available to liquidate, and then they would sell and distribute the funds from those liquidated assets and distribute them to creditors. So they have quite a few different hats that they wear. Amy, you mentioned that in order to file any bankruptcy, not just Chapter 7, you need to be up to date on filing your tax returns. Let's talk about the other shoe there that many people fear when they're dealing with the IRS or any other taxing entity. Is it possible to discharge my tax debt through Chapter 7? In some cases, I'm sorry, this is one of those lawyer answers where it's it's an in, it depends kind of answer. So there are circumstances where you can discharge debt. The rules on that, very broadly speaking, are that it needs to be in personal income tax. You cannot discharge um, 940 or 941 taxes. So those are employer taxes that your employer would, would pay. You um, also need to have those tax returns filed and assessed 
three tax years ago. So we have not yet reached our 2021 due date for filing our taxes. That will be April 15th, as far as we know this year. And so anything that was filed and assessed by the IRS before 2017 is generally dischargeable, so long as it hasn't been attached as a, as a lien against your property or something like that. So 18, 19, and 20 are not dischargeable. Again, this is very, very broad, 10,000 foot view level. Um, but income taxes that were filed and, set and assessed before 2018 are generally dischargeable. And that's a really fun, that's a really fun message because people usually think, I know my tax debt isn't dischargeable, but what about these other things? And I have a case right now where $60,000 of old tax debt is about to be discharged. Are there other debts that are not dischargeable in a bankruptcy situation? There sure are. One hard and fast rule is support debt child support, spousal support, alimony is not dischargeable. Um, I just mentioned recent income tax debt is not dischargeable. 940-941 taxes are not dischargeable. In a chapter seven, property settlements through your divorce are not dischargeable. Um, that might look like uh, my ex needs to reimburse me for medical expenses while we were separated. And then if he files a chapter seven bankruptcy, he cannot discharge that reimbursement. That's a property settlement. Um, the other thing that's not dischargeable is kind of under the category of you don't, you don't get free stuff. So you can't stay in your house and discharge the mortgage. You can't keep your car and discharge the car loan. So those secured debts, you're not gonna be able to discharge in a chapter seven. Student loans um, are the hot topic right now in bankruptcy. In some very rare circumstances, they are dischargeable. Every district is examining it right now and see if they want to loosen the reins on that. But broadly speaking, they're most often not dischargeable in a bankruptcy. Amy, let's get into process questions a little bit. This is always something that, you know, we talk about the apprehension. And on the past shows that we've done, we've talked about the apprehension when it comes to filing bankruptcy, that it, it's a big step for people to take. Part of that is understanding the process. So let's lay it out here. What are the steps in a Chapter 7 bankruptcy? Yeah, I really am glad you asked that because I, I do want to demystify the process. Um, the hardest work gets done on the front end, and that's true for both the person filing bankruptcy and for your legal team. Your attorney is going to ask you on the front end for tons of documents. There's a lot of information that you need to disclose to your, um, to your legal team. One of those things are your recent uh, tax returns that we've been talking about. You need to show them proof of your income going back at least seven months, sometimes more, from all sources even untaxed sources, even under the table work that you get, list of all your creditors, billing statements, titles to your cars, things like that. It's all important information that you need to give your, give your legal team. Once we have all of that, then we start to prepare your petition. Another thing you need to complete is an online course called a consumer credit counseling course. It takes about an hour, it's done online, and then at the end of the hour, you enter into the chat message with the person on the other end of the computer, and you get this uh, really cheesy certificate that says, yep, I've completed that consumer credit counseling course. And with that, your uh, attorney is going to prepare the petition, 
all the schedules, all of the amendments, all the attach attachments, and then they're going to review it with you prior to filing. A whole bankruptcy petition is somewhere between 50 and 60 pages, unless there are a ton of creditors, it could be more. So it's, it's a pretty hefty document. So you review that petition with your attorney, they file the case, and the minute the case is filed, the automatic stay goes into effect. So at that point, all collection activity needs to stop. About a month after the filing, you have this hearing. Um, these days, because of COVID, the hearings are done over the phone. The hearing is called a 341 hearing. That's the bankruptcy code that it comes from. It's also called a meeting of creditors, but your creditors in a chapter seven will very rarely show up. More likely if it's a business chapter seven, but for regular old Joe Schmo, their creditors don't show up for that. It's really your chance to swear under oath about the truth and the completeness of your petition. And it's conducted by the trustee, not by the judge. After that, there is another online class that you get the joy of taking. It's a financial management or a budgeting class, it takes another hour. Two months after the hearing, you've done all the hard work, you've done the online courses, you've provided all the documents, now you just sit and wait. And so you have about a two month waiting period. After that two months have run, then your case gets closed and all the debts that can be discharged are discharged, and then you're done. Amy, we've talked about how bankruptcy carries a stigma and that really people should think that, lose the stigma and think of it as a tool. Creditors, yes. on the other hand, are constantly warning people to not file for bankruptcy. Talk a little bit about why that is the wrong approach and, and more why the creditors are doing that. Well, they want their money. If you file bankruptcy, they don't get to collect from you, and they know that. So they really uh, pull out the crocodile tears and all the guilt that they can possibly muster. In fact, um, there was a very concerted and organized effort in the late 70s to turn bankruptcy into a deep, deep moral issue. And that's something that creditors really started uh, hammering home to these poor debtors who needed to get out from under the debt. So they want their money. That's why they're saying don't file bankruptcy. And the stuff that they tell you is not always accurate. Um, what will happen to you if you don't file, if you file bankruptcy, they don't, they don't necessarily know. So they're trying to scare people out of filing a bankruptcy because they know that they're not going to get their money. Amy, one of the things that many people as they're battling this decision to potentially file bankruptcy, they're dealing with those calls from creditors. They're getting harassed by creditors. Can creditors still contact me once I've filed a Chapter 7 bankruptcy? No. And in fact, they're not supposed to call you if you're represented by an attorney. So in theory, this doesn't always pan out the way it's supposed to. But when you've hired your bankruptcy attorney, you can start answering the phone and say, here's my attorney's phone number. Please don't contact me again. And they're supposed to honor that. The real sledgehammer shows up once you filed your bankruptcy. So say you filed your Chapter 7. And um, it takes a couple weeks for the bat signal to really work its way through the system. But after filing, there's the automatic stay. And the automatic stay is in place to give debtors some breathing room. They get a chance to say, oh, okay, now what are my next steps? I don't want to be harassed by the phone. Or they can't even send you letters for um, your billing statement in the mail. Um, 
they are so careful of that automatic stay that sometimes when you get a mortgage statement, it'll say on the bottom, if you filed bankruptcy, we're not asking you for payment. We're just telling you what your balance is. So this isn't really violating the automatic stay. Um, like I said, there's a bat signal that goes out when you file bankruptcy. There's a federal system called PACER. So um, sometimes it takes a minute for that, that signal to get through all of the billing departments and you can imagine how huge these corporations are. So give them a couple weeks to let it slow down. But if after that you're still getting bills, you're still getting phone calls, tell your attorney and um, they'll go to bat for you and, and tell those people to knock it off. Amy, we've talked about bankruptcy being a tool and, and sometimes it's an effective tool in the right situation for people to get out from. Maybe it's a situation that they didn't through no fault of their own that they ended up in. Let's talk a little bit about the consequences. Obviously, significant impact to credit reports, but what else are people looking at on the on the downside, the consequences, if you will, of filing a bankruptcy? The biggest impact really is the credit impact. It's not it's not a good thing for your credit. Um, often people who are filing bankruptcy already have pretty pretty low credit. So it's just a matter of stopping the bleeding so you can rebuild sooner rather than later. Um, and credit can be rebuilt after the bankruptcy. Another impact is that if you wish to purchase a home, lenders like to see you um, out of bankruptcy for two years before they will uh, lend you money. Amy Wilburn, our guest, bankruptcy attorney with the Lincoln Goldfinch Law Firm. Amy and her team ready, standing by to help you with your particular situation. Find the right solution for you. We've talked about bankruptcy. Bankruptcy is just a tool, plain and simple. Ignore the stigma. Take away all the pain and apprehension and if it's the right tool for you amy and her team will advise you of that find the right solution for your particular needs 737-377-2600 is the phone number again that's 737-377-2600 a lot of good resources online for you as well lincolngoldfinch.com that website lincolngoldfinch.com amy that's all the time we've got today thanks so much for joining us again on ask the experts thank you casey and we'll have you back next time right here on Talk 1370's Ask the Experts. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.